morning, morning, and um, I guess it's probably not morning for everyone, but uh, welcome, welcome back to the the grand return of <laughs> of meaty medicine. Mm. Uh, I'm Caven, and uh, fortunately for you, I'm not alone, but I'm here with the mighty Dwayne Quadros. How are you going, Dwayne? Mate, about a month ago um, at, at the Super Bowl, um, Super Bowl, there was the halftime show which was considered one of the greatest of all time because it was the return of just the people we grew up listening to. Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick. Wait, how about Kendrick's then, entry? That oh, was ridiculous. That was extreme. <laughs> and I feel like, and I don't want to, you know, blow smoke up our own backsides, but this is an even better comeback. <laughs> this is an even this better is comeback. what everyone's been waiting for. In 31 days, our Lord will rise from the dead, and, <laughs> and we have foreshadowed it. How are you? Easter, Easter has come early, some would it say. Is. About Get a the month hot cross early. Get the hot cross. Oh, good to see you, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good. And um, I guess much like Easter, there's a bit of a, a rebirth going on. Have mm. I got this right? Is Easter the one where he... Yeah, he rises from the dead at he Easter. Does. He does, yeah. he does, he does. You're right. Um, How's that Catholic schooling going? <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, um, much like Easter, mm. um, it's a period of renewal for mm. many medicine. Uh, mm. We've renewed our subscriptions. <laughs> I think we can start off with we've re- renewed well, our subscriptions. John from the podcast service was harassing me to um, pay the fee. Um, and I conveniently replied last week, so um, yeah. we're back online. Mm. Um, but also, uh, we've decided to try a new format. Um, yes, Because yes. we, I think the idea is now that we're in third year of med school, uh, we're kind of on different rotations and mm. um, we're not really, I mean, I don't know about you, I haven't looked at any of last year's stuff for a while. Absolutely <laughs> And I'd say last year's stuff's definitely the meat, the MD2, Mm. that was our Mm. ED, surgery, Mm. and just general medicine. Um, So we thought it'd be quite nice maybe to just start doing some case-based learning. Oh, for the CBL. Love it. (laughs) Love it. Uh, So what I've gone and done is I've gone and half plagiarized, half composed (laughs) a little chest pain uh, case. Ooh. Because we love the meat, mm. and um, I mean chest pain, meatiest presentation. I'd it say it doesn't. It doesn't get any more meatier than chest pain, <laughs> as you know from firsthand experience. Have <laughs> <laughs> so you plagiarized my own medical case? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we've talked about this on the potty, but um, yeah, we did. We did. Oh, we, we did. did. Yeah. So you, yeah. yeah, that's how out of touch I am with everyone knows. Everyone knows I had pericarditis. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I've kind of taken inspiration from some aspects of our uh, ED experience. Mm. Um. When uh, we uh, landed in the emergency department. <laughs> However, there's no guarantees that the diagnosis is necessarily pericarditis. Fair enough. I've changed enough. a few details. Um. Because I thought it might be a bit easy. I'm not saying it isn't, but wow. um, we'll see wow. how we go. I'll stop giving things away. But disrespect. So, um, Dwayne, are you ready? Are you ready to launch am, into the case? Cup of coffee in hand. Thank you, Makona. <laughs> Let's do it. If um, if at any point you start experiencing symptoms of PTSD, um, let me know, and we can <laughs> you can change it up. <laughs> um, all right. So. 
your prompt is Mr. Dwight Hamrose, <laughs> a, <laughs> a, a healthy, uh, healthily rotund 55-year-old, <laughs> 55-year-old looking male. Hmm. He's being half carried by a brown lanky man of unknown name to, uh, into the emergency department. Complaining of chest pain, okay? Right, right. And um, the nurse, nurse in the nursing notes has noted that strangely there is an overpowering aroma of strawberry-flavoured gum <laughs> wafting from the two primary characters, oh, uh, mainly from the uh, taller, lanky man. But, um, mm. uh, yeah, a bit confusing. Not sure what's going on there. Yeah. But, um. So that's your prompt, basically. Yeah. Uh, and I think the first thing, uh, something the great um, Dr. Cruikshank in um, Ballarat mm. kind of went through with us last mm. year was from the moment they kind of walk in, you should be able to generate a few walk-in-the-door differentials. Yeah. And I think the way he used to think about it was quite good in that he usually came up with a few that um where you don't want to miss and that's it's right. you that you think are a bit more likely that's right um so Dwayne, i'm just going to hit you straight up with i kind of want you to give me two differentials that you think we can't miss here and two differentials you think um are probably more likely just purely based on his demographic yeah so just to confirm this is dwight hamrose <laughs> who is 55 years old he's rather rotund Yes, that, that's all you've really got. Other than, unless you want to integrate the information about the gum, I'm not sure oh, how that, important that is. I'm sure that's pretty key. Um, <laughs> look, to be honest, I'm thinking male. I'm yeah. thinking, and you're totally right, Kevin. Is that the assessment really starts as soon as you see the you see mm. the patient? Straight away, I don't want to miss something, um, some sort of myocardial infarction. Yeah. Um, so whether that's a STEMI or non-STEMI, common speak, I don't want to miss a heart attack. Yeah. Um, another thing I'm really worried about is is something like in uh, aortic dissection. Yeah. And I don't want to miss that. Um, the other things that I really don't want to miss is a because because chest pain is one of those ones where when you think chest pain, at least I used to, mm. I used to think heart and lungs. Mm. But it's such a diverse presentation, and equally, mm. it's multi system. So mm. if I was thinking of GI stuff, I don't want to miss something like a you know, a perforation of the esophagus. Oh, mate. Okay, you've, you've ticked off. I'm kind of panicking now because you've ticked off all the ones I had. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like you're not done. <laughs> no, no. And then I'll just give you maybe a couple more um, yeah. for the RISP for the risp stuff where I don't want to yeah. miss a pulmonary embolus, which yeah. is uh, yeah. clots in the lungs. And I also don't want to miss uh, something like a pneumothorax. Um, yeah, great. So, yeah, these are all the life-threatening ones, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. I like how you divided it into um, cardiovascular, mm. respiratory, mm. and gastrointestinal. I think yeah. those are the three kind of important systems for chest pain. Uh, there yeah. are some other atypical causes. As well. mm. Not atypical, actually. They actually mm. can be quite typical, but mm. um, three kind less, of... Less commonly thought about. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and in terms of what's most likely here, or not, not necessarily most likely, but what's kind of sitting higher on your list at the moment? Definitely, definitely the heart attack MI mm. sort of picture. I don't yeah. want to miss that. Um, and given he's a rotund man, as you said, he might have had maybe some ulcers in his tummy or esophagus and that sort of perforated, but I'm, I'm stumped. I want to rule out 
heart attack. I want to rule out okay. a spin or a non-spin. I love how, yeah, I love that because that's probably what's most important. Mm-hmm. I will just say, um, and it would be lower down on your list because it's not important, but what's quite common is uh, reflux. Reflux mm-hmm. will often present with chest pain, and that's Absolutely. probably one of the really common causes of chest pain. So, um, yeah, but at the present moment, I like mm-hmm. that that's not really your um, first thought, which yep. is good. Um, and just to, so we, that we mention it, uh, actually, no, I'll phrase it as another question. Mm. So if I'd said that, um, so uh, Mr. Dwight Hamrose, <laughs> if he wasn't a 55-year-old rotund male, yes. but a 23-year-old Adonis who is, you know, just in perfect shape, he models yeah. part-time, yeah. not unlike your sa- yourself, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> Just an absolute athlete, a specimen of a human. Um, What kind of differentials are you thinking of there? Yeah. So I think it's important with, and this is what an interesting question you asked me, because when I was in nursing school and doing my ED rotation, I always used to, when I saw a young patient, in terms of my list of differentials, my MI, myocardial infarction was always very low. Yeah, it went very low. And what you've got to remember is that sometimes the most devastating, suddenly out of the blue um, MIs actually happen mm. in youngsters, whether right. that's just okay. if, you know circuitry issue or it's a congenital issue that's now sort of reared its head. So I'm okay. still keeping MI there. Right. It's still an important thing not to miss out. Mm. But I think uh, for um, you know an Adonis such as myself, sorry, the younger Dwight, <laughs> younger Dwight Hamrose. Pericarditis is, um, is, is something that I remember one of the lecturers last year um, was talking about as well. Mm. And coming from a you know contact sport background, if you played a bit of rugby or AFL or cricket or whatever, some sort of trauma to the chest wall. Um, Excellent, yeah. Th- those, are, those are sort of the two that I sort of come to mind. Yeah, perfect. So you, you kind of nailed it. So pericarditis, kind of a lot of people, Really, anyone's at risk for pericarditis because of its affinity with uh, like viral infection, mm. which everyone has yeah. at some point. Um, and yeah, exactly. Because especially younger people, a bit more active, mm. um, is probably playing a bit of sport, like chest wall trauma can cause, you know, just uh, musculoskeletal. Yeah. Which is not to be confused with chest board trauma. Which is chest what you what? sorry? Because you said you said chest wall. Yeah. Not to be confused with chest board, which is where <laughs> the music get quite angry and you know slap the pieces out of it. And yeah, you've seen I so, suffer from that affliction quite a lot. As yeah, that's, seen, a, that's, that's a that's and, a that's a differential for attitude, essentially. <laughs> but uh, not to be um, not and just the other one I'd mentioned is if he's a kind of an- anxious looking bloke, um, anxiety is the mm. other kind of uh, chest pain one they mention a lot in med school. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was just worth mentioning. Yeah, good. Um, all right. So I think what I want to do now is I'm going to give you this is kind of a high-pressure situation. Sure. I'm glad you've had your morning coffee. <laughs> uh, I'm getting a timer out. I'm going to give you one minute. So this is pretty, pretty fast-paced, but I think mm. you're up to it. I'm going to give you a minute to ask me um, – kind of the most important questions in terms of working out maybe what system the pain is or just kind of get a, getting a characterization of the pain. So sure, sure. Like maybe one like the cardinal features, if you will. And sure. Like that. 
Sure. Um, right. So I'm just getting a timer off and uh, you'll know when your time's up um, because I have a feeling the the patient might break into song. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. at that point, he will you will not be able to elicit any further sure. information from him. Sure. Um, sure. Okay. Do I join the patient in song? Is that your Oh, no, you don't need to be all nice. Like, literally just hit me with questions. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Three, two, one, go. All right, Dwight, where exactly is the pain? So the pains are on the left side of my chest. All right, and does it move anywhere or does it stay there? Uh, no, I haven't really noticed it move anywhere. Okay, and did it come on suddenly or gradually? Um, I've had it for about 30 minutes, but yeah, I think it's pretty sudden. I mean, I haven't noticed mm -hmm. something like that. And what were you doing when the pain came on? Oh, I was um, I was chasing my wife around Prince's Park. You know how it is. No, not not. <laughs> she just we go running together, but she takes such pride in running ahead of me. You know. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Happy International Women's Day, by the way, for this last. Week. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's just swiftly move on before we get cancelled. Um, it, so it came on suddenly. You were running behind alongside your wife, and she was gassing you. Um, yeah. Have you had this sort of pain before? Um, I've never had this uh, oh. kind of pain before, really. Oh. I love this song. <laughs> Don't go breaking my heart. I couldn't have a trouble. <laughs> oh, honey, if I get restless. Oh, baby, you're not the kind. <laughs> Don't go breaking my heart. Ooh, you take the weight off of me. <laughs> oh, honey, when you knock on my door, you know I gave you my key. <laughs> I love this because I think there's like a delay in the transmission, so you're like half a bar out. Oh, and no. I pride um, myself on being on time. That's so Anyway, bad. this is my dream for one day a patient to start singing to me oh, unless i'm in the psych ward in which case <laughs> um anyway music musical uh shenanigans aside um what what's your thinking at the moment yeah so i was just waiting for the for the timer to end to work out how you'd end it um but I should have probably asked how we describe the pain, but in yeah. essence, it's a 55-year-old man with sudden-onset left-sided pain mm. that doesn't go anywhere, and it came mm. on when he was exerting, mm. uh, essentially. Um, so so I'm I didn't still... give you much time to ask. No, yeah, no. so I'm still thinking MI. MI's up there. Yep, okay. Um, definitely one. I'm not sure of my PE anymore, unless he had, you know, a clot in his bass of calves that has just accelerated towards his heart mm. um, but it's you know still it's still a still a thing i, I want to ask a bit more but mi is definitely not ruled out at this point yeah so i'm going to give you a chance to ask some more because i think what's really important is differentiating whether it is a pleuritic chest pain or mm -hmm. a ischemic mm -hmm. chest pain that's right um so how would you go about yeah, that. so what I would ask is, does the pain change in terms of breathing in and breathing out? Is there yeah, any difference? that's a good question. So um, it doesn't. So he's it breathing doesn't. in and out normally and it doesn't yeah. affect the pain. Okay, so that 
immediately now I'm, I'm thinking it's more of a could be leading towards an ischemic picture okay. versus a pleuritic picture. I would also ask him to describe the pain. Like, what word could he use to describe the Good. pain? Yeah, so um, unfortunately, uh, Dwight is not as gifted in vocabulary as you, so he's not quite sure to say. Oh, sure. So, like, so I would offer, you know, a... A menu, you know, is it a crushing oh, thing yeah. like an elephant? What's on the menu? Like, oh, well, a bit of bit of elephant, <laughs> bit of elephant. Is there a bit of? <laughs> is there an elephant? Where have you been eating? That's at the Nigerian Prince Samuel's house. Um, no, that's a generalization. <laughs> but yeah, I'd All ask right. him: is it crushing or burning, stabbing? Mm, what, okay, so he, yeah, nothing's really taking fancy. But he goes, oh yeah, it's just kind of dull. Okay. All right. Mm. All right. So, and what, what, yeah, what pardon? What, what would he score it out of 10? Zero is no pain. Ten so, he said pain. he put it about a six or a seven. Okay. okay. And mm. is there anything else in terms of cardinal features you might want to oh, ask? If you remember what that means. I know, I just, just, trying to, <laughs> just trying to work it out. Um, I, would, I would sort of ask him does anything make it better or worse? Yeah, great, excellent. Okay, so um, he's still not quite sure what you mean by that. Can you offer any? Yeah, so sometimes with chest pain, um, you know, when people rest or they stop exerting themselves, especially if it came on when they were exerting, mm. it makes the pain a little bit better. Is that the case with you, Mr. Hamrose? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think it, de it definitely came on by exertion, as you elicited. Mm. Um Look, he he does note that the pain's worse uh, when he's kind of moving around and when yeah. he lies back supine. Yeah. Um, I don't think he used that word, but... <laughs> he lies back supine. <laughs> uh, when he's on his back, basically, mm. the pain's worse. Um, okay. Do you have any thoughts on the significance of that? Oh, mate. I know. I had to look this up mm. before the podcast. Well, off the top of my head, isn't that something worth... I mean... I don't, it could still be pericarditis for this mm. guy, but it wasn't there something where it's either worsened or better when they lean forward? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So with any kind of like pericardial inflammation, mm. Mm. Um, the pain becomes worse when you lie back and it's relieved yes. when you're sitting up. Yes. And the yes. easy way to kind of think about this is when you're lying back, your, the weight of your chest wall is sitting on top of this inflamed sac. So, of course, it's going to hurt more. Whereas when you're sitting... <laughs> inflamed sac. You are so immature, Dwayne. I've been awake for four hours. This is a lot you're meant to be the maturity tether on this podcast. And you have, you have released the tether. <laughs> um, yeah, whereas when you're sitting up, uh, mm. There's no, it's kind of just suspended there. I kind of yeah. think about it like yeah. this. I don't know yeah. if this is the true pathophys, but that's kind of how I Makes remember sense. it. Mm. Um, so yeah, so what that kind of indicates at the moment, potentially, you can't put too much stock in anything, but yeah. it might excuse you towards the idea that there's some kind of inflammation of the pericardium that doesn't yeah. like mean it's a primary pericarditis mm, necessarily mm, like any mm. kind of process in that area can be impinging upon the pericardium absolutely, um, absolutely. but yeah that just adds a bit more to your mm. 
synthesis of the information. Um, So I think we can move on from history, but there I'm, I'm aware there are probably all those background things you'd want to ask. Mm. Um, so I'll just, I might just quickly shoot you a few things that'll yeah, uh, help sure. you. So sure. these are all the things you would have just asked standardly. So mm-hmm. he has a past history of hypertension, high cholesterol. Uh, in terms of social history, he works as a bartender um, and of, as a part-time singer, of course, as you've just <laughs> heard his dulcet tones. Um, he smokes a pack of cigarettes a day for 15 years. He actually doesn't drink, uh, mm. despite his work as a bartender, which I thought that's, was interesting. That's high discipline. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he uses amphetamines twice a week uh, for the last mm-hmm. five years, and he actually um, used them last night. Mm-hmm. And he exercises once a week, um, mm-hmm. but I kind of doubt if that's even true. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Yeah, I think I think that's kind of a decent background to the patient. Sure. Sure. Um, all right, so I'm going to hit you with a true false. Mm. So, but I want you to justify it. You can't just yep. say true or false. So, <laughs> yep. Okay. yep. If I tell you that his pain's relieved by GTNs, so nitrates, mm. um, you can be certain it's ischemic pain. Is that true or false? Oh. <laughs> is there anything I, I don't think you can be certain I think you can be you can think you know like oh this is looking like ischemic pain but I feel like if you're gonna just rely on solely that you run the risk of maybe missing another differential so mm. the word certain in there um, worries me and therefore mm. I'm gonna say false for that one very kind of cunning exam technique. Yeah, that's that's correct. And um, the reason is, like, of course it would skew, as you said, mm. it would skew you towards ischemia yeah. um, because what's the mechanism again? You're, like, relaxing the veins. So it decreases I think so, yeah, it decreases the preload. Is it preload? Oh, is it something like that? Increases yeah, I think, it's, oh, well, I think it's decreasing the preload. <laughs> Yeah, because um, like we're used to doing that blood coming back to the heart. So the heart oh. like work is hard. Okay. Um, Look, whilst you're talking, I'll just search that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the reason I've said false is um, because it all, I think it has a muscle relaxant effect as well. So if mm, your chest mm. pain is due to esophageal spasm, um, yep. it can actually also relieve the pain. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of a red herring there. So. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I think it sometimes comes up in exams and things like that. So. Yeah. So, so apparently it does. It, it is a vasodilator. Yeah. So whilst it will be reducing the amount of you know blood coming back to the heart, it's also actually dilating sort of key blood vessels that help supply the heart muscle. So it just gets the job done. Oh really? Ways. Yeah. Okay. That's what Google said. Um, <laughs> so. This increases yeah. the blood supply to your heart, which gets more oxygen to your heart muscles. I, w- I was thinking it would actually, like, reduce the load on the heart by reducing afterload. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, a collection of different... Yeah, yeah. It's a multifactorial. multifactorial. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And mm. the other question I had, which we kind of already talked about, was if mm. he told you he had a bit of a flu two weeks ago, 
um, would that be significant? Well, I think it takes it into consideration um, in the fact that, like we touched on before, there is a sort of a connection between viral illnesses and pericarditis. And we know that in terms of the way he's describing his symptoms, that lying back exacerbates the pain. And you very eloquently, and and as has been taught by cardiac professors for years, um, told us why when you lie back, you know, everything squashes and yeah. essentially would, would make that pain worse. I think it's significant. Mm, um, mm. But once again, it could, you know, in this case, um, it, you could also have a viral infection that then becomes a bacterial secondary. So you, it's, it's just a little bit too early at the moment to be, uh, you know, nailing stuff down, but it is a significant finding. Or a significant yeah, finding. yeah, exactly. So it's just something you add to the kind of constellation of yep. information you have. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because of that association with, viral kind of pericarditis mm-hmm. um okay let's move on to examination yep. um so as the doctor you walk in and just whack mr hamros on the chest and he he screams to high heaven mm. actually if he did scream to high heaven yes. what would that be reassuring or worrying oh they did this to me this is basically <laughs> That's why I'm asking because yeah. I remember the first thing that doc. I feel like it's reassuring. I feel like it's reassuring. Yeah, because good. because in a weird way, I feel like it's almost reinforcing, like putting more pressure on what might be a quote unquote inflamed sac. Um, and um, you know, I, I feel like that almost then takes you towards okay, this may not just be your you know red and blue sirens ischemic stuff. It could still be happening. But I feel like that's reassuring then if you just lay there and it didn't change the pain profile at all if you thumped him on the chest. Yeah, so if they have tenderness on the chest wall, it kind of it pushes you back towards some of the more less concerning diagnoses. Mm, so all right. the musculoskeletal ones mm. like costochondritis or a fractured rib. Yep. Of course, it's not ideal to have a fractured rib. But, <laughs> but, in, the, but in, in, the, in the spectrum of fractured rib versus death... Um, and as you kind of mentioned so yeah like if they're sensitive on the chest the things that are deeper down become kind of less likely Mm. um like you still can be sensitive on your chest like from your when you had pericarditis you were sensitive on your chest because you're putting pressure on the sac yeah um but if they're like exquisitely tender Mm. it Mm. kind of point to something more superficial which is reassuring um in terms of the examination is there anything you kind of there wasn't too much i wanted to talk about no i think that's probably the most most yeah Yeah. i mean obviously you're gonna have a listen to their lungs and things like that um there there could be signs of acute heart failure mm. um so mm. you've got to look for that so like crackles at the That's base it. of the lungs um yeah. i think maybe an important one as well is uh do you remember what you hear on auscultation in pericarditis oh so a bit of a rub a bit of a pericardial yeah, exactly. rub. The, yeah. the rubbing sound um, That's right. so that could push you more towards pericarditis mm, um mm. yeah anyway i want to get on to investigations yes. so 
I want you to give me three investigations you're going to order and justify them to me. Sure. Um, I'm going to order... Ooh, only three. That's right. All right. Oh, I like... mean, three amongst many you'd order. I oh, okay. It's <laughs> yeah. a real budget hospital. We can only like three. three yeah. um, I would, I would order a ECG. Excellent. That's really good um, because I feel like an ECG. Well, in my case, of pericarditis, the first ECG didn't show that it was pericarditis, but it helped rule out some more sinister, uh, mm-hmm. sinister pathology. So I think an ECG would be great just to understand, um, you know, how the electricity is working in the heart. How if there's any sort of deformities, any obvious deformities happening with the heart, whether acute or chronic. Um, I'd want to order troponin, and I've forgotten which troponins they are. Um, troponin C comes to mind for some reason. Um, I, think, I think it's uh, T and I are the. <laughs> Party. <laughs> yeah. I mean, C rhymes with T. That's it. That's it. Yes. Um, so yes, yeah, so a troponin would be would be important, um, mm. but also remembering that the clinical picture and the context and the story you get is also very important because troponin can rise with. I mean, it's it's reasonably, I guess, sensitive, but it's, it can also rise. I remember it, one of our lecturers telling us that it can rise with other pathologies as well. Yeah, um, yeah, but you, you're correct in that pretty much any chest pain, I feel like mm. they'll definitely send up a troponin. Exactly, um, exactly. Especially this picture, because this definitely looks like it could possibly be. Exactly, yeah, yeah, especially with his past past history as well Yeah, and lifestyle factors. And my last one, oh, mate, the last one's hard. I don't think chest X-ray. I don't think if I need to choose three, I don't think that's going to be one of it. I think if you think about the what they do in emergency department, though, I feel like I feel like chest X-ray would be done. Chest well. X-ray, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think that's yeah. because in chest pain, you still want to. The chest X-ray is useful for showing things like, um, like anything kind of to do with the lungs. Mm. Um, although you're not really going to see a PE, but yeah. um. Yeah. Uh, and I think the other thing was uh, you, you can look at the heart for signs of inflammation of the mm. sac. Mm. Um, and you can also look, even from PE, I think, can't you see like the widened, oh no, that might be CT. We see the widened vessels. I don't know how useful it is for PE. Yeah. But, well, I feel yeah. like if we're approaching it like we we're in ED, it would be bloods, ECG, yeah. and, and an X-ray. Would be chest yeah. X-ray would be your... Yeah. So your first up ones. Cool. Um, I'm just trying to think of anything else. Um, like it also depends on the picture at the moment. I think mm. at this mm. stage they, I think you could argue for echo because mm. it, it really mm. does seem like on echo you'll be able to see pericardial effusions yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Maybe, um, yeah. but yeah, I think those are the important ones. So you yep. said ECG, you you can see uh, like say the signs of an MI pericarditis mm-hmm. PE on ECG. So bloods, uh, your troponins. Mm-hmm. Um, you might also do and within it, those bloods for the for the discriminating listener who might you know 
flip on us and think we did, what do we mean by bloods? Bloods, usually you're talking about a full blood evaluation. Your, your usernees, so your electrolytes, yeah. Um, yeah. creatinine will be in there. You can throw in a CRP. Sometimes, yeah, I think CRP is um, not a bad one, actually. Yeah. I think that'll be elevated acutely mm. in pericarditis. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but and, and the other thing to remember with CRP is, and more in terms of when we use CRP to see if the patient is <laughs> improving, is that there can be a bit of a lag time as well. Yeah. With CRP. Yeah. So all within the medical context, I think, uh, yeah. is the key thing. But yes, I don't want to don't want people to be angry writing into us saying, oh, mm. it, the only blood test we do is a troponin. <laughs> Although I do say if we were going to pick just one blood test, a troponin would be pretty yeah. helpful. Uh, speaking of troponin, oh, God. Uh, yeah. this is getting into the nitty... Oh, actually, maybe I'll ask you the more clinically focused question first. Yep. So how many troponins do you do? Ooh. I've heard the phrase serial troponins <laughs> thrown out. So yeah. I feel like I feel like there's more than just the one set. Yeah. I feel like you do two or three because you do one like a little bit later on. Yeah, um, exactly. Because there can be sort of a later rise showing the damage exactly. to the myocardium or to the yeah, heart. Yeah, so troponin can take. Um, it kind of reaches in an MI, assuming mm. it's in an MI. Uh, it can it'll take about 12, 24 hours to reach its maximum, but. Mm -hmm. So I think by like three to four hours, you kind yep. of expect some kind of rise. Yep. <clears throat> so what they'll do is they do the initial troponin and if it doesn't show anything, uh, they'll do another one, I yep. think about six or seven hours later. Mm -hmm. And I think you can, if, if you still get nothing, I think you can yep. be pretty confident, start to That's feel right. pretty confident about That's it. That's right. Um, now the other one I just wanted to mention, mm -hmm. uh, because I forget every time. So I figured if we talk about it now, maybe <laughs> some chance of remembering. Yes. Um, so do you, uh, yeah, so I'm throwing you in the deep end here, basically. Like this entire um, experience has been one of submergence. <laughs> like this is, I'm, this man yeah. is so wet right Right now. from the song to <laughs> White Hamrose, who I'm convinced is probably me. I was quite um, impressed you actually had an inkling of the uh, female part in that song. Oh, mate, I have won multiple karaoke events <laughs> singing that song. That one and Island in the Stream is, is my two main duet go-tos. Don't like that Grease Lightning shit. Um, <laughs> everyone can sing that. It's the real musician that can sing this. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so the question is, mm. uh, how do you decide if you should order a D-dimer? <laughs> yeah this is this a is, hot topic this is such a bad bad topic um oh god <laughs> so i have oh lord this was an exam question wasn't it i think I this think, was in our exam i don't know if they asked it this bluntly and this cruelly well obviously they didn't have you go how do you order a d-dimer um all right I'm just going to think of the top of my head. Mm. So D-dimer, we usually like to order it in terms of the setting of a um, of a pulmonary embolus. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I remember that before you order a D-dimer, you have to do something called a Wells score. Oh, mate, you're on top of this. What are so, you with, so with the Wells score, that there's a Wells score for... Mate, it's only because Larissa taught me this so much last ah. year. There is, it's the inside knowledge. Um, so a well score, there's one for the DVT, 
but there's also one for PE as well, yeah. which talks about combines your presentation, your past medical history, and then you know the examination. And based on that, it's sort of ruling out, do you have a good chance of having a PE or a bad chance of having a PE? And I think based on that or based on some sort of scores, is the D-dimer a rule-out criteria? I yeah, feel like I think you, your answer so far has been much more than I expected from yeah. anyone. I feel, like so, it's like, I feel it's like a rule-out situation. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah. basically what you're doing before you order the D-dimer is you want to pre-test probability yes. of the yes. PE. So yeah. you, that's what the world scores for. So yeah. it will basically tell you, okay, is this like next to no probability? Is it moderate probability or high probability? Yes. Um, so if it's like zero, so yeah. and it, with regards to the criteria for the well score, I can't remember the details. You can just Google it. Um, but it's kind of the things you'd expect from a mm. PE. So mm. clinical mm. signs like hemoptysis, I think. Yeah, there were clinical like, signs. I think they were like tachycardia. Yeah. If they've sort of had surgery recently, if they've got cancer, if they've had DVT. Yeah, previous PE DVT as well. Yeah. So, and you do the score, and if it's zero, then you can try and completely rule it out just Mm. using clinical Mm. signs, which is another score, which is called the PERC score. The PERC score. Yeah, that's it. That's Um, it. So, but if they have even any, I think if they literally just score anything on the well score, if Mm. they even are positive for one of them. Yeah. um, that's like kind of medium probability now. So yep. that's where the D-dimer comes in. Yes, because yes. what the D-dimer is, is it's really sensitive in that mm. anything, a lot of things can kind of set yeah. it off, elevate yes, it. Yes. Um, so if they do have a PE, it'll definitely mm. be elevated. Yep. But if they don't have a PE and it's... So basically, if it's low... There's yep. no way they can't they can have a PE. Yeah, but if it's sense. if it's high, it might not. If it's it high, you don't know good. it's a PE. Yeah. But you know yeah. there's a chance. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm gonna somehow explain this clearly, but I know yeah. I've already fucked hey. it. Hey. <laughs> I'm um, breaking I, my heart. No, I thought we were. <laughs> thought I'd save you. I start singing again. <laughs> but so yes, I, no, it's it's yeah. many things can raise the D diamond. Yeah, so, so yeah. it's used to rule out a PE yeah. in that yeah. kind of medium situation. Yeah. Um, and then if it's uh, going back to the Wells score, if they have mm. a high Wells score, yeah. you can just skip D dimer completely because yeah. it's yeah. not going to add anything. Any and you value. just go straight to yeah. any thoughts on what investigation you do Ooh. if you're pretty certain they have a PE. Is it a CTPA? Yeah, excellent. Yeah. And what about, I'm trying to remember the reason you don't do a CT. When do you do a VQ scan instead? There's some in, I can't remember what They're it is. pregnant. They're pregnant. Is They're that it? Allergic yeah. To the or, or kidneys are shot. And maybe. kidney issues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Mate, I am, I, you are falsely raising my confidence with the amount of knowledge I've got here. <laughs> I thought this would no, be No, you're doing, you're doing it very well. Might as well go back to sleep after church. Man's doing God's work on the potty and then doing God's worship. Amen. 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 That's it. This is Um, good revision, though. I really like this. This is a great Yeah, mate. It's all about that space repetition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Shout out Jason Crucian. Shout out Space Hospital. Um, Okay. So I think at this point, I'm just going to ask you to give me a differential diagnosis and kind of justify 
why your top one's your top one. Yeah. And oh, did I even tell you? Any... You have told me absolutely nothing about the results. <laughs> absolutely okay, no, nothing. I, I mean, before you get any lab results, right? Um, I'll right. just quickly give you the exam summary. I'll give you an overall summary, right? Yeah. So, yeah. history we have a 55 year old male with dull left sided chest pain for 30 minutes, six out of 10 pain. It was brought on by running after mm. his wife. Um, <laughs> Uh, in a very safe setting, there was no. It was he was running, the uh, running in the park. Yeah, just to clarify, mm. um, so the pain's aggravated by lying flat, and it's associated with. Oh yeah, we probably should talked about that. Um, it was associated with shortness of breath and palpitations. Mm. Mm-hmm. So these are very classic cardiovascular associated mm-hmm. symptoms. Um, on review of systems. He actually did have a uh, viral infection two weeks mm. ago mm. as well. Um, no recent travel or any, everything else is basically negative. Mm-hmm. Um, then we talked about his background of like hypertension, hypercholesterol, mm. and he doesn't really take his meds, okay. which were like blood and cholesterol mm. meds. Mm. Um, okay. And then on examination... He was alert. He was kind of distressed in terms of his mm-hmm. vitals, 38 and a half, so a bit feverish, a degree Celsius, um, not his blood pressure, thank God. <laughs> um, blood pressure was 135 over 75. Um, heart rate, 105, so tachycardic, and respiratory rate's 20, so on the kind of pushing towards the upper end, yep. but, you know. Yep. Uh, no carotid brewery, no JVP uh, elevation, and you know symmetric chest expansion. Mm. So what is what does that tell you? Symmetric chest expansion. So you're worried about chest wall deformities or a trauma or a uh, pneumothorax. Yeah, exactly. So his breathing is kind of fine, mm-hmm. um, other than that it's elevated. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you don't really hear anything. His lungs are clear on auscultation mm-hmm. and he doesn't have edema, PR, peripheral edema. Um, okay. So <laughs> what, what's your differential diagnosis before uh, the investigations come mm. back? And How many like, do you want? Do you just want? I, I reckon just give me two. Two? Yeah. I've still got pericarditis there. Yeah. Uh, given the recent uh, viral infection and also you mentioned that uh, the quality of, uh, well, the characteristic of the fact that it's worse when lying down, yeah, better when sitting up, and also his uh, exquisite pain response when thumped on the chest. Which oh, I think sorry, yeah, well. I just wanted to talk about that. He actually yeah. didn't have exquisite pain. <laughs> <laughs> How can I am just so good at making things confusing? Um, yeah, no, that doesn't necessarily count against anything. No, um, no, no, yeah. No. But so I'm still going to have pericarditis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I've still got the MI situation there. Yeah. Um, given his age, given his obesity, I think it would be fair to say. Maybe the word we used was a rotund body habitus. <laughs> um, given the fact that it came on during exertion um, and his risk factors as well, the untreated or poorly controlled hypertension, hypercholesteremia, he smokes uh, yeah. and he has a sedentary lifestyle. As yeah. well, so yeah, definitely those would be my top two. 
Yeah, awesome. That's that's what I had as well. Um, okay, so let's talk about the ECG. Mm. Oh, <laughs> that sentence has struck <laughs> fear into your heart. <laughs> it really has. Well, lucky for you, this is going to be a multi-choice. Oh, yes. Um, so you have a 33% chance of getting this right. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Okay. So now I'm the junior doctor and I've done the ECG and you're you're actually the consultant, Dwayne. <laughs> <I'm sorry. God. laughs> so I, I'm the junior doctor and I do this ECG and it takes me about three tries because I can never remember where to put the leads. Fair enough. Um, but I finally get something that somewhat resembles a normal ECG. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm having a look through and um, the only thing I really know to look for is ST elevation. Fair enough. And I have a look and I'm like, oh, my God, I see them in V1, V2, V3, V4. Yes. So I go to the consultant and I'm like, oh, there's ST elevations. Um, and he, he actually... It's quite inappropriate of him given the kind of context, but he comes back to you and he's like, I'm going to give you a multi-choice <laughs> for which which area of the heart you think is ischemic. And yes. you're like, Doc, I think I think we need to get this person like to, you know, start our revascularization. Nothing gets in the way of learning. <laughs> and he nothing goes, nothing gets in the way of your learning. That's right. That's right. So first um, option is anteroceptal MI. Mm. Um, with the left anterior descending artery. Yeah. Uh, the second option is an inferior MI due to the right circumflex artery. Mm. And the last option is a lateral MI mm. um, due to the left circumflex artery. So right, just to uh, reiterate, it's leads V1, V2, V3, V4. All right. I'm just so, imagining because I'm a very uh, pictorial learner. Okay. I'm just imagining the ECG thing, the whole mm. trace, and the V V one V two. That's sort of more on the on the right side of the one, off the off the paper, and and <laughs> yeah. therefore I think it is the anteroceptal, because I think anteroceptal was V one to V four, yeah. inferior was two three AVF, Excellent. and I think the lateral ones are one AVL V five V six. So yeah, I would think it's the LAD, the LAD, which is yeah. one of the most. It actually covers a huge area, and it's commonly included as well. Yeah. So, uh, uh, A for anteroceptal. Good. Yeah. Perfect. Now, he goes. He seems a bit annoyed that mm. you've got it right. Yeah. And instead yeah. of running and organizing the revascularization, he comes back at you again, <laughs> and he goes, "All right, Dwayne. All right, Dwayne. I see you've studied your." Mm. ECG anatomy <laughs> and he goes all right what happens if there were SD elevations everywhere what what diagnosis are you considering like you just look at the page and literally like all over the place there are just SD elevations what diagnosis are you considering Jeez. um So this might this phrasing might help. It's mm. diffuse ST elevations. Does that ring any that bells? Not help whatsoever. <laughs> um, diffuse ST elevations. I'll give you another clue. You yes. might have had it when you were in 
I know your ACG was normal. But the first one was normal. Well, the second one was pericarditis. Um, but that sometimes can be characterized by, in, in the world of MD medicine, where everything is typical, mm. uh, you have sort of have a saddle-shaped um, ST elevation. Yeah, excellent. And they yeah. can be pretty diffuse, as yeah, you would very, imagine, because the yeah. heart is just wrapped in this sack. inflamed sack. sack. That's it. Yeah, so you're thinking, you're thinking sort of something a bit more generalized rather than localized. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, that's what I was going for. So, okay, uh, now I'm just going to ask you a few questions on acute coronary, so about MIs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's say this has been a really hard thing, by the way. This is this is oh, mate. yeah. This is this is the this is, is it the meat? I'm not sure. This is like prime rib. This is this is yeah. This is as this is as important as anything else. <laughs> yeah. So let's say this is actually a pretty tricky one. Um, I will just preface in that I've like researched a few of these. So I'm not just like have come up with these off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> let's say he's, he's been brought in by ambulance mm. and he lives kind of rather like rurally or just, I don't know, for whatever reason, it's taken him like two and a half hours to get to ED. Let's right. say... Uh, they brought him in on a bicycle because fuel prices are so high. Oh, at the moment, you know, <laughs> what's going on, Russia? What's going on? <laughs> um, what would the revascularization therapy have oh. been, mate? You won't believe this. The perks of living with someone who is just thinking medicine a lot of the time, Larissa mm. Schultz. <laughs> um, we were talking about this the other day, so. With, so have we established that this is a STEMI? Are we in agreement an ST elevation myocardial infarction? Or we yeah, happy? let's say, yeah, yeah, that ECG scenario was yeah. Uh, yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. So what I remember is that with the revascularization stuff, you can, you know, you have the PCI, which I think is percutaneous coronary intervention. Coronary yeah. intervention. And then the other one is sort of that I always think about is the fibrinolytics. Yeah. So using sort of medication. So I know that in terms of in terms of PCI, you want it to be sort of within ninety minutes. Yeah, um, I but not hours, exceeding but... not exceeding two hours. Yeah. Ideally oh, within ninety minutes, okay. but not exceeding two hours. Excellent. Whereas I think um, you can go up to sort of with, with the fibrinolytics. Um, ideally you want to give it to them within half an hour arriving at the hospital, but in terms of symptoms starting, it's sort of like within 12 hours or 12 to 24 hours, um, if they're sort of clinically deteriorating as well. So I think you've got a tighter window with the PCI and a bit of a broader window with the fibrinolytic. Yeah, I, yeah, that was like way more detail than I have when I think about it. This is is what we talked about. (laughs) Yeah, I just think. You have two two options, two hours. So yeah. before two hours, um, do the PCI, which yeah. is basically just you get in the coronary artery with a mm-hmm. balloon. That's right. Uh, pop it open and put mm-hmm. a stent in. Mm-hmm. So that's if you get if uh, you kind of put do the intervention within two hours of presentation, yeah. mm-hmm. and then if it's greater than two hours, you do the fibrinolytic, so yep. uh, a pharmacological approach. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I think it's like alter plays, like a alter plays, alter plays, yeah, yeah. 
um yeah so i don't know that's the only level of detail i have but um yeah no very impressive very impressive (laughs) and then um aside from that um let's say when they were in the ambulance Mm. uh what adjunctive therapy would they have given uh mr what's his name ambrose Ambrose. yeah um so they would have given them some uh gtn spray under yeah. the tongue, or it could be even like a sublingual sort of wafer or tablet, yeah. um, for reasons that I think we butchered before. So definitely go and search up why. Um, <laughs> Let's just not talk about that. Yeah, That's yeah. an exercise for the listener. <laughs> there we go. They can give them a bit of oxygen, white nasal <laughs> yeah. prongs. They can give them a bit of aspirin to chew on, usually yeah. a 300 milligram tablet of aspirin, I think mm. is the dose. Um, they can give them a little bit of morphine as mm. well, if, if, just to settle the pain down. A little Excellent. bit. So a bit of Mona action. Ah, there you go. I was wondering if you were using the acronym. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. A bit yes. of Mona. Uh, in case the listener didn't realize, Dwayne has been using this handy Mona acronym. So morphine, oxygen, yep. nitrates, yep. aspirin. That's right. Um, and just the reasoning behind that is, so morphine's the pain. Mm-hmm. Oxygen, um, I don't think you... Don't you don't have to. I think yeah, you don't have to. I think it's like if their yeah. stats are low, yeah. they look cyanos, mm. things like that. It can yeah. and it actually can help relieve the pain actually yeah. because the yeah. pain is an ischemic um, mechanism. Um, and then nitrates. Yeah, let's skip that. <laughs> Something to do with um, perfusion of the. Oh, I know what it is. Go Hang on, on maybe. I, I have a feeling it's to do with the coronary arteries, like dilating the coronary yes. arteries. Yes. Oh, is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> you were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the diplomatic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah, nah. <laughs> And then the A is aspirin. So. Yeah. That's gonna profit. It's an antiplatelet, so it's kind of gonna mm. stop any more. Well, Correct. the idea is to stop any more clots mm. forming, and that's right. Yeah, because you're obviously in that kind of state, mm. um, where and it would not be good to double down on the ischemia. So no, it makes no. sense to throw an aspirin at that's it. Right. Um, look, yeah, we could talk for hours more about this, oh, but that's I'd kind of that. what I'd prepared, and you yeah. Know, intellectually shattered right now <laughs> <laughs> this has been so good this has been some great revision I'm enjoying yeah, it. yeah um i hope you got a bit a bit out of that um oh, I, did. I, I hope uh it isn't striking a chord too much with your own um, no, mate. ED no. experience. well as soon as you described the body habitus of dwight ambrose i was like this is the furthest it could ever be True. Yeah. I am just like an absolute athlete of individual. Oh, like, absolutely. Absolutely. What is going on? Um, I didn't but, actually yeah. mention that the characters actually had a, the character had a wife as well. Uh, mm. Mm. Marissa Smith. <laughs> but she was parking the car, so oh, okay. she didn't really right. come into this, the presentation. Fair enough. Um, Yes, and the the strawberry gum. the The reason mm. behind that is during Dwayne's own presentation. Um, so when when <laughs> so I'm in the middle of eating my lunch naked um, in the kitchen. When I, when, when 
I get a panicked call oh. from Larissa yes. being like, Dwayne's having some kind of like chest pain event. Um, we're going to go to the hospital kind of thing. So I like whip some clothes on. I don't have time to brush my teeth to hide oh. the sins of my tuna in spring water. <laughs> and um, so I grab that pack, this pack of strawberry gum and in the back seat, oh, I think it's some kind of defense mechanism. Dwayne's like convulsing in the back yes. seat. I'm and I'm like, I have, no, I have no idea what I can do. So I'm just like cracking jokes in the, in the back seat and offering him gum, which is like the weirdest thing. Uh, so funny though. There I think go. you were laughing and it was making the pain it worse. worse it it's made very hard which, which ironically we knew was a pleuritic pain now. So <laughs> yeah. we're like, hey. This is, he's not done. So funny. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. Well, I think we can call it there. I know you've got to get to church. Here we go. Um, yes. Yes. Um, so, mate, I think this is a great new format. So big yeah. ups to you for, for revolutionizing this. Yeah. And I, I think we can it'll get be... some feedback from um, our yeah. two listeners as well. I'll, I'll get, I'll get mum to have a listen and <laughs> uh, just send us some words. But yeah, I think this will be better because I think it brings together. It's really weird because... I think last year, when we were going through individual diseases, I think that was good. But the reality of being in hospital is that people come in with presentations. They will mm-hmm. really come in and say, I am, I have pericarditis or I have, you know, this or that. So it's really good. And I feel like the way you did it today is that we touched on a bit of the pathophers, a bit of risk factors, stuff mm-hmm. like that, uh, ruling things in and out for a wide range of diseases, which I think will be... Um, a journey that the listener can go on with us mm. when they listen to us, so they can pause and the questions that you're asking themselves, they can also ask to themselves and work out how would they clinically rationalize stuff, yeah. which I think is amazing because shockingly, we're only about, I'd say, 18, 19 months away from supposedly knowing stuff. And, and it's and, just terrifying for possibly, anyone within a 20 and, kilometer yeah, radius. And, and possibly being paid for it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> This is a real good approach, and yeah. I look forward to being in the question seat next time. Oh, um, God. Yeah. And, and forgive me for the delay in the Don't Go Breaking My Heart edition. <laughs> I, was done, I was done by poor Ballarat Wi-Fi. And, uh, well, I expect my own patient next week oh, to have a few okay. numbers lined I will up. Be, I'll be performing live because the keyboard <laughs> has re-entered our house. So, oh yeah. wow! Right. We are upping the production oh, value on Meaty Med. Thank you, Casio or Yamaha, whichever. whichever. <laughs> we should get a sponsorship deal from <laughs> I think we'll have to do more than one podcast every yeah. four months. Yeah, we, we the way we work, we're going to be off the grid for another year before this next episode comes out. All oh, right, dear. mate. Mate, so good to chat. So good. Um, so good. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Um, you, see mate. you in about a year for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Case. All Have right. See you, brother. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Okay.